Let me bring in a friend of mine, Dr. Doug Melody. You might know that name from UConn men's basketball back in the early 70s when he played for D. Rowe. But he now has written a book, How to Die Young as Old as You Can, a new script on growing healthier into your 60s, 70s, 80s, and even the 90s. I guess he's speaking from personal experience. Doug, good to get you back on the radio here for today. Is this in part how you're living your life right now so you can extend into the, well, you're in the 70s, but the 80s, even the 90s? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm six weeks from turning 73, Wayne. But first, let me say that I've been listening to you for a couple of minutes here while waiting for a conversation, and I'm amazed by how much you do in the course of your uh, radio broadcast. You provided the weather, uh, sportscast, and, and a history lesson all within a couple of minutes. It's amazing how much you cover in your in your radio show. But uh, all that said, uh, yeah, I just I'm six weeks from turning seventy three. Uh, I'm uh, put in. I have put in my book what uh, I've put into practice for much of my life. Um, and uh, I was motivated to do this, Wayne, in large part because uh, many of my friends and contemporaries uh, with whom I uh, gather uh, have often complained about their aches and pains. You know, my knees hurt, my shoulders can't move, uh, my hips are sore, and uh, for the past seven years, I have been a personal fitness coach. I don't know if you know that. Uh, and and uh, I currently work at the Mandel Jewish Community Center in West Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, uh, working with all sorts of people ranging from age 13 to 91. But anyway, I would always counter with, you can do something about it. You know, you need to move. Uh, you need to exercise. You need to do things that you no longer do because we live in a a culture that uh, really invites sedentary lifestyles. So I finally got frustrated by responding to that, those concerns so many times I just decided to write a book. And so that's what the book is about. It's an answer to the uh, complaints that many of the people I know have shared with me over time. When you talk about getting exercise, when you talk about people in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even 90s, is that different than people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, what you mean by the term exercise? Or is everybody doing the same stuff regardless of the age? Well, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I think we place so much emphasis upon a chronological number. And uh, we define ourselves by, by that number. Uh, so, for instance, uh, I am about to turn 73, okay, uh, I can infuse a lot of uh, importance and power upon that number, that chronological number, if I choose to, in the same way that I can place a lot of importance upon people with whom I work at the gym, at the fitness center, uh, in terms of how old they are chronologically. But I don't. Um, what I do is I define uh, or evaluate people on the basis of their biological age and not their chronological age. And there's a vast difference between those two numbers, Wayne. And, and we have placed less emphasis on the biological age or our fitness age than we do on our chronological age. I, I work with people who are, as I said earlier, I, I work with people in their 80s. Um, I was doing some work with someone who was 72 yesterday that I wouldn't do with a 41-year-old client. 
because the 70-year-old person, 72-year-old person is capable of doing it. The 41-year-old person is not. So in answer to your question, um, is the exercise the same for people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s as they might be in their 30s, 40s, and 50s? It really depends less on their chronological age and more on their fitness age, their biological age. Uh, so, you know, I, I write in the book that uh, if you put 65, 65-year-old people in a room, you would have 65 different versions of what it means to be 65 years old because we all age differently on the basis of lifestyle, in part genetics for sure, uh, but in large part because of the choices that we make over time. And those differences among those 65-year-old people would be greater than if I were to gather 65, 21-year-old people in the next room because there is less uh, life experience in those 21-year-old people than there would be with 65-year-olds. So to answer your question, um, is the exercise different? It shouldn't be. It should be on the basis of what a person is capable of doing. And I will say to people that if they can't do something, I'll often hear, well, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't do what I used to do 30 years ago. Well, that's partly because you're 30 pounds heavier than you were 30 years ago, and you haven't done a whole lot in terms of movement over the last 30 years. And, and when you think about it, how much are we sitting today as a result of technology providing so much uh, comfort in our lives? Doug, I'm a year older than you, and it's no secret that I've discovered my new happy place, and that's the rail trails around here. Now, part of that was out of necessity because of heart issues and the stent that I got. But I'm out there, and I'm walking a lot, maybe not as much this time of the year. But I see runners out there. I see bikers out there. I see young out there. I see old out there. But let's just take my case in particular. What are the benefits for me at my age, getting as much exercise as I do on those rail trails. What what are the benefits? Oh my gosh, there are obviously physical benefits, right? Um, there are emotional benefits as well, uh, particularly if you are exercising or walking outdoors, as compared to walking on a treadmill indoors. Uh, there are so many emotional, psychological benefits that are backed up with research about the value of, of movement outdoors. Um, cognitively, uh, the more we move, uh, the more blood flow uh, we get to the brain. And obviously, that has uh, a positive impact upon uh, a healthy brain and uh, warding off all sorts of cognitive deficient uh, issues that we have as we grow older, like dementia, Alzheimer's, and the like. But I want to emphasize something, uh, Wayne, that I think is really important, uh, and that is, you know, the, the healthcare practitioners are telling us that we should exercise uh, 100, at least 150 minutes a week, right? So if you break that down, that's five days a week, that's 30 minutes of exercise. And they'll often talk about walking as the go-to exercise or the suggested exercise. I'm going to say, and I write about this in the book, that, that it's really important to introduce strength training uh, exercises in your exercise regime as well, a uh, regimen as well, okay? And strength training means it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, lifting weights, pumping iron or anything like that. It can be use of your body weight, like push-ups and the like, uh, even body squats. 
And I actually provide examples in, in my book about uh, exercises that you should be doing regularly on a weekly basis. Um, and, and the reason for that is we have um, glucose that builds up in our muscles, right? And if we don't use our muscles regularly, that glucose remains in our muscles. So the only way it can be removed is through insulin that is produced by the pancreas. Well, if the pancreas is doing that on a regular basis, okay, it's a lot like a fire department being called to put out small brush fires uh, on, a, on a continual basis. And when it comes time where the pancreas has to do real important work, it's burned out. It's not ready to do that. So we have people who are, you know, so-called managing their weight by walking and so forth, but there are a good number of people out there who could be labeled as skinny fat as well because of the buildup of glucose in their muscles, uh, and it leads to type 2 diabetes. So I'm going to say walking is really important, and for you, as you mentioned, you walk regularly, not so much now because of the weather, but you do it on a regular basis, and that was in response to uh, what I think I heard you say is, is uh, a heart issue. Um, that's really, really important to do. I will say in my book, I say in my book that it's not enough. You have to introduce strength training of some sort uh, in order to, it, no other reason, rid glucose from your muscles. But even more importantly, the stronger you are, the better balance you're going to be. That's a good point. And when I was doing cardiac rehab after I got the stent, part of that cardiac rehab up at Wyndham Hospital included some weight training on that. Doug Melody, our guest, who's written How to Die Young, As Old As You Can. What was it like to write this book, Doug? Is this your first book? It's my first book, yes, Wayne, it is. Uh, I, I mentioned also in the book that, uh, you know, I wrote a dissertation, which was required of me for my my. Uh, my PhD back 30-something years ago. Um, so I guess you could consider that a book, um, but not in the same way because writing a dissertation is very formulaic. So, uh, yes, it's my first book. I had plans of writing a book uh, about failure, actually, back in the early 90s. had all my notes and everything uh, ready to go, and then uh, we began having kids, and that took precedence. So uh, that was on the back burner. Yes, it's my first book. Although you're now a personal fitness coach, it seems like your previous experience as a counselor and educational psychologist is woven into the book. It's more than just a how-to fitness book. Was that your original intent? It, it is. That, that was my original intent. Um, so the way I laid out the book, Wayne, was uh, I in the first part, I, uh, I want to lay out a case that challenges the current narrative that we have in place about aging. Um, and so much of our culture actually contributes to this notion of how we age. Uh, and so much of it is, I think, that of this traditional narrative is, is based upon, uh, you know, this premise that it's going to happen no matter what, and it's locked into our genetic makeup. So we're going to grow old, we're going to get old, and we just have to face it. So I challenged that, that narrative with a lot of scientific research, uh, and I get into uh, what's called the epigenetic theory that's recently discovered uh, where we have, a, we have an imperfect control over our genetic makeup uh, in, a, in, in a way that 
um, we previously didn't know. And, and that, that control is largely based upon our lifestyle choices, the choices we make. What's that mean? It means how we manage stress. It's uh, our, our dietary habits, what we consume for food, uh, how much we move uh, in the way of exercise. And uh, I, I say that, um, you know, given our 21st century lifestyle, we're moving less as a result of technology and so forth. Uh, being introduced in our lives. We're eating more processed foods, okay? Uh, and stress levels have increased, all of which contribute to the aging process. And if we can gather, gain control over those three factors, we can slow the aging process down. And I'm not saying that we can live forever. That's not what this is about. Um, there, there's been medical miracles that have extended our lifespan there has not been a corresponding focus upon us extending our health span. Doug, the subtitle of your book is A New Script on Growing Healthier into Your 60s, 70s, 80s, and Even the 90s. What would people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s take from this book? That's a great question because, you know, it's a book not just for people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, It's a book for anybody at any age. Uh, and I guess here's what I'd say that that's a really good question, Wayne. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus again on, on, uh, uh, saving for retirement, right? Uh, fiscal, fiscal health. Uh, and you should be putting money away so that you can experience, uh, you know, a comfortable lifestyle once you reach retirement. Well, the same is true for our physical health that what you can do in your 30s and 40s will contribute significantly to how you're going to feel in your 60s and 70s. Uh, It's never too late to begin uh, exercise and control of a healthy lifestyle, Um, but the sooner you do it, the better off you'll be, Um, in the same way that you'll be better off if you start saving money earlier. So there is research as well. Uh, in there about, in my book about uh, physical activity in your 40s and having a healthy outlook upon the aging process, growing older, can contribute very positively to how you'll experience your 60s and 70s once you reach there, and even 80s. Doug Melody's first book is called How to Die Young as Old as You Can. I have my copy. I sleep with it under my pillow. But for the folks who don't have it yet, Doug, how do they get a copy of it? Well, it's available on Amazon in both print form, Kindle. It's available on Barnes & Noble, both print form and Nook. It's available on Apple, Google Play. Uh, And I guess you can even purchase it uh, from the uh, publisher uh, itself. So, uh, anyway, you know, uh, I'll say to you, if you go to DougMelody.com, D-O-U-G-M-E-L-O-D-Y.com, uh, and scroll to the bottom, there's all sorts of information available as to how you can get the book. Um, and I would, I, I wrote it as uh, a passion project, Wayne. Uh, I want to get the message out that we need to change our narrative uh, about growing older. We can experience our, our later years uh, in more joyful, more active ways than I think a lot of people believe. 
uh, is the case. So, uh, and I'll just say this to you, okay? Um, when I work with people who are older, older chronologically, you know, um, I, I bristle sometimes when I pass rooms where fitness uh, programs are for uh, older people. I see them in chairs, and they're doing exercises in chairs, okay? Um, in the book, I also emphasize functional fitness. What can you do that transfers to real-life activity? And those are the exercises you should be doing. And I always say to anyone out there listening, expect more of yourself. You can do more than the narrative is currently telling you you're able to do. He's a self-professed contrarian, and he's also an author, Doug Melody, who, when he's not looking to make a backdoor cut pass to Ron Rabala, he wrote, How to Die Young, As Old As You Can. Doug, good to catch up with you again. Thanks for joining me this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Right. You bet. 14 WILI Willimatic and 95.3 FM.